Bargain Den. I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. And this is your weekly source of financial advice, where each week we delve into a movie that we pull out of a bargain bin and watch it, and then decide whether or not it really embodies what it means to be a bargain movie. Does it really have the gumption, the wherewithal, and the gobstopper? Be a frugal film. That's what we're trying to decide. Brandon, only Willy Wonka has the gobstopper. It's possible, but apparently our cats also have the gobstopper to make every time we start to record the opportunity to try and eat the very last piece of food out of the food bowl. (laughs) Doesn't matter. This time I fed them... Something like three hours ago. So we'll eventually get an idea as to what the time ratio is to when. Maybe we should just hide their food while we record and then never give it back to them. Actually, no, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we should hide their food while we record. Never give it back to them? No, we should give it back to them eventually. Mm, I think they'd figure it out. What? They'd probably eat us while we sleep. You, I make that joke all the time and you were constantly telling me Oh, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, but now you've got it in my head, so I think they're going to eat us while they sleep. I don't know about that. I think they'd figure it out otherwise. Donna, what have you been up to? Well, um, we've been uh, watching the weather this evening. Yeah, it's uh, Oklahoma tradition to keep an eye on the weather. It's it's May, and you know what that means. It means weather. It means weather. Things like tornadoes. If you are not from this country, or from or from this country and unaware, it's what happens here in this state that we are in. Also, maybe you just didn't know that about this podcast. We're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. You you woke up today and you said, you know what? I'm going to learn something new. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, right here recording in Tornado Alley. Mm-hmm. At my job, I. I have to leave voicemails a lot of the time, and one of the things that I say in most of my voicemails is I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have, and I realize that I say it in a way that it makes it sound like I'm saying I'm a happy dancer. I'm a happy dancer. I'm a happy dancer to any questions. I'm a happy dancer. I dance to questions. I'm a happy dancer. I'm happy not dancer. a dancer, any questions? Hi, hello, I'm Happy Dancer. <laughs> happy Dancer here. Nice to meet you. Hold me closer, Happy Dancer. Donna, what movie are we going to spoil and talk about this week? I'm a Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. You want to go see Rocket Man? Rocket Man. Yeah, I do want to see Rocket Man. Okay. Well, that's not what we watched. No, no. This week we watched Dummy, a comedy about finding your voice before you lose your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Touching and tender. Oh, and hilarious. Jeffrey Lyons, NBC. 
Yeah, it was kind of a funny. Like, read differently. That's one of the quotes in the quote of the box. And read differently it doesn't sound like... Touching and tender. Oh, it's it's also hilarious, you know. Yeah, and there's, it's pretty funny sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to spoil this movie. What year did it come out? 2002. 2002. That was a different time. I was mostly using my time looking at what Adrian Brody's done. So you could understand why you know his face? Yes. He was in Grand Budapest Hotel. He was. I don't remember who he was or what he did, but... He played Adrian Brody. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Dude, he's a handsome man. He doesn't come across as handsome in this movie, but like... Look at this IMDb picture. Yeah, he's a he's a he's um he's a lot of man. He's got facial hair almost to match your own, almost. To match my facial hair. I'm just saying, it's a lot of facial hair. He's he's got stubble. He's got he's got a chiseled chiseled face. I don't have chiseled facial hair. No, but look at all this dark and thick facial hair even though it's stubble it's like i mean the fact that it is stubble you can tell just how much and how dark his facial hair is but he's so chiseled he's less chiseled than like a work of art no he's chiseled be nice donna his nose kind of goes off to the side i just i literally my last words out of my mouth were be nice Donna. (laughs) i'm just making observations um, two things. One, 2002 was 17 years ago. Dang. Um, do you remember early 2000s? Do you remember being cognizant of the dates around that time? When was the first time you remember, remember understanding a date? Like the whole date, including the year? Being cognizant of the date. Ah. Realistically, it was probably closer to like 2008 with the presidential elections. <laughs> No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. What do you mean by cognizant? Like, being like, oh, like just, I mean, like, the first time you were like, oh, it's 1999 or 2002. Like, oh, today is March 5th. I mean, if we're just talking about like, oh, it's like February 3rd, then probably when I was like fourth. Four. Sorry. (laughs) In my fourth year of life. But, like, I would say the year. I guess year is what I'm really asking. When was the first time you remember what year it was? Yeah, probably about 2008. (laughs) Daddy, you would have been, like, 13. No. Like, 12. Yeah, exactly. No. (laughs) You're not taking my questions. Yes, I am. You're just not. You're just. Your reaction to my honest answer makes me feel like that you think I'm stupid. I just don't believe that at no point prior to that did you have to know the... You you didn't have to know the year. Okay, so like before that, I was very aware of my birthday and I became very aware of that. So like I was very aware of the year 1995 before that. But did it matter that maybe the year was 2002? No. That didn't matter. Okay, well, let me explain why. Because the first time I remember remembering a year 
was the year 2000. So, because it was 2000? Yes. Because I remember being in pre-K and learning that we were going from 1999 to 2000. And our English professor in preschool saying... <laughs> okay. Whoa. But my the, the preschool teacher saying about how all the computers were going to murder us and our families. Are you really? really? No. <laughs> um, but I do remember that. I remember the, the... I don't remember Y2K, but I remember them telling us and teaching us about how it went from 99 to 2000. That's fun. And I feel as though I've been aware of it ever since. I remember um, them pointing out May 5th, 2005, 05, 05, 05. I remember that too. So you remember that. So yeah, I mean, like, that makes me feel better. At least being that you, you knew a date prior to, to prior to former President Barack Obama getting into office. <laughs> okay, you were first time, you're like, whoa, 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 it's a year. <laughs> That's the first one that, like... <laughs> I was very aware of what year it was and what that meant in history. It's 2008. Oh my god! In history, beyond just like oh, it's five, five, five. Because like oh, I knew my birth date. I had that memorized down pat. You know. Yeah, but you don't remember your birthday. Yeah. Well, I don't remember nine eleven either. But I was very aware of that set of dates. Right. I mean, like I remember, I remember nine eleven happening, but I don't remember. I don't remember being cognizant of that year in particular uh, at the time being like, oh, it's September 11th, 2001. I wasn't like, this day is a day I will never forget on that day. You were just like, oh, shit's real today. <laughs> I Little get it. Brandon was like, oh, I, shit's I, real today. Yeah, I remember swinging on a swing set with my friend Coy and we were being like, I don't know what happened, but I heard it had to do with planes. Aww. <laughs> That's what I remember from that day. I mean, then going in and there being TVs in the lunchroom for some reason. Anyway, you want to talk about zombies? <laughs> now you got to do it real quick. Uh, spent ten minutes on the intro. So you got talk seven. about dates. You got five to seven minutes. Brandon, why do you got to make me feel like a dummy? Oh, man, maybe I'm not. You know who's a dummy is the ventriloquism doll. The dummy. Yep. Segway. <laughs> okay, so this movie has people in it and also a doll. And they do things, but then they have problems, but then they find solutions. I thought that my nose spray would be a lot quieter than it was. <laughs> Sorry. It was very loud. Anyway, go ahead. I'll be embarrassed over here. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. Okay, so Stephen is our main character. He lives with his parents and his sister, and he's never really dated anybody. And he works at an office, and he doesn't really care for his job. He wants to be a ventriloquist. But he's a little bit embarrassed because he thinks that's kind of silly. But he ends up going and buying a dummy, a doll, and starts to practice and take lessons. And with the help of his friend Fangora, Fanny Fangora, he uh, starts to realize his dream. And he ends up quitting his office job. Well, they fire him technically. So he goes to the unemployment office 
to try to find work in ventriloquism and get, you know, unemployment. And his unemployment officer um, is really, really pretty. And her name is Lorena. Uh, he likes Lorena, and Fangora finds out that he likes her. So Fangora's like, oh, here's what you need to do. And Fangora and him went to high school together, but she's in a band now, and she's trying to be successful in her band. And Steven's sister, Heidi, yes, Heidi, has a job. Her job is to plan weddings. She's a wedding planner. That was a way to say that. <laughs> and she was engaged, but it turns out her fiancé is a creepy stalker. So they're all trying to be successful and realize their dreams. There's a short interlude where Lorena thinks that Steven is a stalker, creepy guy, but he sends her the creepiest ventriloquism video ever, apologizing for it, despite his restraining order. And then she thinks it's really funny and cute, so they start going out on little dates. Because that's what happens in real life. The wedding that Heidi is planning kind of is falling apart. She had hired a magician and she can't find a band and the magician dies. And so she pulls together Fangora and her band to play. I mean, they really play like screamy punk kind of music, but they learn to play klezmer, klezmer music for the wedding. Cause that's what the bride wants. And for those not familiar, klezmer music is like orthodox Jewish music. Yeah, what he said. And then she is trying to convince Stephen to do ventriloquism at the wedding in place of the magician. But he has recently given up on his dream because Lorena kind of dumps him a little bit. She finally comes to terms with the fact that she's kind of dating a ventriloquist who's obsessed with his ventriloquism doll. Yeah, she literally has an awakening moment where she's sitting on a couch with him, with Steven, and the ventriloquist doll is sitting on a chair across from them. And it was kind of brilliant acting because you just see it hit her face like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm dating a ventriloquist. <laughs> and then she breaks up with him. Even more than that, like, I'm pretty much also dating his doll. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Anyway. So, Yeah. She can't, her, Heidi can't convince Stephen to be Yeah, Stephen's given up on ventriloquism. He goes and returns the doll. But then at the last minute, he shows up at the wedding with the doll and he's going to do it. And then it turns out that Heidi's stalker ex-fiance is there to try to win her back. And then it turns out that Lorena... The unemployment officer is also there because it's her friend's wedding. And then it turns out that Heidi's ex is also Lorena's ex. And then it turns out that Steven saves the day with ventriloquism because the ex, I'll just call him the ex if that's cool. Michael. Yeah, Michael. Michael brings a gun and he proposes to Heidi and he's basically going to shoot her or anybody that stands in his way. So Stephen, with ventriloquism, throws his voice and without moving his lips says, Freeze. Police. 
and Michael falls for it. So Stephen tackles him, and then Michael shoots Stephen, and it turns out to be a, a stage gun from the community theater. Now Michael's thoroughly embarrassed, so he goes off away and then performs for Fangora, who's had a very successful show with her band and falls for Michael and scene. Oh yeah, and Steven and Lorena get back together because Steven was so brave. Yep, that's the movie. And also Heidi, the sister, follows her true passion of singing. Oh yeah. And gets on stage and starts singing. That was just kind of a subplot of the whole thing, that she used to be a singer. Yeah. But she gave up her dreams because her mom is Jessica Walter. Yeah, her mom is Jessica Walter playing Jessica Walter. As Jessica Walter do. As Jessica Walter do. Maybe we can find a Jessica Walter do <laughs> in the clearance aisle. She has a good do. Let's let's look for one. Dummy, frugal, not frugal. Frugal. The sister hired a close friend to be the band and the brother to be the ventriloquist, saving them money. Yeah, dude. For all the problems she faced planning that wedding... She came out the other end, like, really cutting some deals. It's pretty frugal. Um, frugal, our main characters all pretty much live with their parents other than Lorena. So, not paying money on rent or mortgage. You touched on it, but that VHS that he sent to um, to Lorraine nah, was the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um... They did not do service to acknowledge how creepy. Because he's somewhat of a social introvert. Like, that's the whole premise of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how much of a of a kind of a Neanderthal he is, so to speak, when it comes to speaking with people, especially women. And um, he he looks like he's he's made a jigsaw video from the saw movies yeah no that's and he's a like i'm sorry i didn't really know how to talk to anybody and then he's he's got his dummy there and he's like you're telling me and he's like stop it they'll make fun of me and he's like oh well maybe you should get better at talking to and all the while it's cutting between the video and lorraine nah mm-hmm. and and she's sitting on the couch and she's like all kind of bundled up and she's like and it's the I laughed so hard because then it cut immediately from that to a coffee shop where um, they're having a date with Lorena and Steve and the dummy that's never given a name Um, and it was the craziest thing it was Buck Wild like that's not how life works no yeah never I have a hard time imagining a situation where I've exited a relationship with a stalker. And then I fear I have a new stalker, so I put a restraining order on him. And then he sends me the creepiest video this world has seen. (sighs) And then I'm like, nah, he's probably good to go to coffee with. Also, this movie had a lot to it. There were a lot of moments that I absolutely loved for how crazy it was. There's another moment, Lorena's ex, the, she has a child also. I don't know if you mentioned that. She has a, I did not. a daughter. Um, and so they're like, because of course she's a woman, like, 
she couldn't have just made that herself. So, like, where did the daughter Not come in from? Not in 2002. Very easily. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's finally revealed that she was going to get married. She got pregnant very young and was going to marry the man. And they were at the courthouse, and she was pregnant, and he was like, I'm going to... Oh, no, they, they didn't have the rings. They lost the rings or whatever, so he was going to run across the street and get, like, gumball rings out of the Gashapon machine. And so she waited and waited, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh, no, he left her at the altar. Right. No, he got run over by a car. And died. And died. And she's telling this to Stephen. and his Like, res- crying. And his response is, I look both ways when I cross the street. And she laughs. Okay, to be fair, he did such a good job acting that, though, because it was so fucking precious. Because, like, what do you say to a story like that anyway? You know? It's true. I I don't know. And he he wasn't like, well, I look both ways. He was like, well, um, I, I look both ways before I cross the street. Um... And you just, the whole movie, you just want to reach in and hug Adrian Brody. It's true. Anyway, the other thing I want to bring up real quick, sorry, but the other thing that's very important to me was the DVD menu of this movie. Oh, yes. Um, there was a couple of menus you could choose from when the DVD menu popped up. There were some of the normals. There was play movie, scene selection, setup, special features, and then... There in that not in special features no also on the main menu there was another one that said ventriloquism lessons and when you clicked on that there was one video and it was a video of the man himself we've been dancing around it all mm-hmm. podcast we haven't said his name I do want to say also we were making jokes about it throughout the movie because I mean what ventriloquist do we all know What's he's the he's the man he's the one the only he was the first comedy DVD I ever purchased the man the ventriloquist the, the myth, legend the legend you want to say it together okay three two one Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy oh shit I fucked it up <laughs> Jeff Dunham what if I had also said Jeff Foxworthy I would have peed my pants <laughs> dang I missed that opportunity. And next time we have to say Jeff Dunham's name together. And then you're going to say Dunham, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to feel silly because I'll say Do you want to try it? you want to see and figure it out? Nope. Okay. Anyway, there's a video <laughs> by Jeff Dunham, and he's sitting there with Peanut and I believe... Uh, which, Walter. Walter, which if you don't know, Jeff Dunham is a ventriloquist. <laughs> um uh, anyway, the, he's got a couple of some crazy characters, some pretty racist characters, <laughs> some crazy characters, True. some pretty problematic characters, but some kooky ones as but well. But this was back in the early 2000s, so it was just funny, and it was okay. Mostly. I mean... Anyway, it's not what we're here to talk about, <laughs> but he's like, hey, so this DVD contains some ventriloquism. This is my Jeff Dunham voice, by the way. This is DVD. It's got some uh, ventriloquism lessons Very in Jeff it. Dunham. But let me tell you, uh, we're not going to put them in one spot. We're going to hide them through all the DVD menus. So I shit you not, you have to sort through the DVD menus to find the randomly ordered. So if you go into scene selections and look at scenes like 9 through 12, at the bottom of the screen there's like lesson 3. 
<laughs> like you have to go over and click it. Like it's like some kind of choose your own land before time adventure or something <laughs> for a DVD menu. I, we didn't watch any of them other than the first what not like lesson one. We just watched the one of Jeff Dunham saying that. But I needed to get away from. Mm-hmm. I needed yeah. to get away from the DVD menu and the whole. There were too many ventriloquism doll mm-hmm. moments at that point. Anyway, this movie was a gift uh, from 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 the the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to our eyeballs. How much does one of those ventriloquism dolls cost? That's a great question. I, I was will, trying to see how involved Jeff Dunham actually was in this. Yeah, who wrote the movie and directed the movie? Because I there was a part of me that thought it might be might have been Mr. Dunham himself in it. And it was all a ploy. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it was. It says it was written and directed by Greg. Oh yeah, Greg. I Riddickin. know him. He also did Movie Forty Three. Yeah, really? Apparently, well, yeah. Kind of went downhill from. These are not as expensive as I thought they would be. Oh, I've actually already looked up. <laughs> I've already looked up some puppets. Yeah. I forgot. No, no, I didn't look them up. Hold up. Let me back this up a bit. Ah, this is a scary looking movie. There's a movie called Puppets starring Clint Howard. Oh my God. This is an awful looking title or picture. <laughs> I can't really look at the cover of this movie, Puppets. Ooh. Oh, is that a horror movie? I hope so. Because it looks like it. A young and desperate ventriloquist arrives to an audition only to be turned away with just a brief glance. Tenaciously, the ventriloquist fights for his opportunity to perform, and when he gets it, he is elated, but soon he discovers a dark secret about the audition. The puppets are actually auditioning him for something far more sinister than a simple stage show. Wait, the puppets are? There's another movie called Hey Doll. This one looks kind of like a sex movie. I'm a little uncomfortable. Pushy construction worker hits on every woman who passes his way, but one finally takes him up on his offer to show her a good time. Trouble is, she's a doll. <laughs> and her idea of a good time isn't what he had in mind. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to watch this one. It's only six minutes. Uh, and it's two dollars. No. That's a, uh, no. That is super not frugal. But, that is, but look at it. Look, he hits on every woman that walks by, and then he hits on one, and it turns out to be a doll, Donna. I mean, it does sound entertaining, but, like, the most... Oh, what's the opposite of frugal again? Frivolous? Yeah, the most frivolous, thank you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on YouTube. Anyway, ventriloquist dolls are only, like, 60 bucks. Well, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, God, no. Okay, I gotta stop looking at doll stuff. I got some <laughs> creepy places. Ugh, I forgot. I found the I Feel Fantastic doll, and it creeped me the fuck out. You ever seen the I Feel Fantastic doll? No. It's kind of starting to encroach on mannequin territory. And it was like, never mind. I don't want to go any further. So, a point of not frugal, they bought the dummy a bunch of outfits... Which, that's fine. But I mean, they went to Target. It's an investment. But they went to Target. They bought a bunch of new kids' clothes for this dummy. Including suits and things. Like, dude, you could find some used kids' clothes. Like, nobody's business. Because typically kids grow out of them. So. 
I'm going to say frugal because he quits his job and the first thing that he does is immediately go to the unemployment office, which is like the funniest mm-hmm. train of events, I feel like, in a movie about somebody quitting their jobs. I think that's pretty hysterical. Most movies don't go to that. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to quit my job and follow my dream. And then it's like, this is tough. I don't even know how I'm still affording anything. <laughs> um, He's like, this is going to be tough. I'm going to get unemployment. Yeah. I'd say smart. I'd say frugal. I think it had lots of smart ideas, and it was a very buckwild experience. I'm gonna say frugal. Yeah, also one of the most realistic movies I've ever seen. Nope. What are you talking about? Absolutely not. In its own right. In its own right, it is not a realistic film. It was like a couple of outrageous things happened in an otherwise extremely realistic world. Uh, like it was set. Um, no, you're okay. wrong. It wasn't. How? It's so realistic. Like. Donna, no. <gasps> it wasn't. You said a wrong word. When you said it's realistic, you meant to say not realistic. It's so based in reality. In real life. No. <laughs> Resounding no. <laughs> yes. He sent her a I'm going to kill you VHS DVD and he was like she was like Oh, he's cute. That never in any reality. No. No. He spray painted her house. Yeah. That... And she was like, I just get freaked out sometimes. My bad. Uh, oh my bad. No, not a frugal movie. Or not I mean if it's a frugal movie, not realistic movie. Hmm. Just admit it. Hmm. <laughs> this has become now a podcast where I just once want to be. I just want to once. You're right. It's not that realistic. No. All right. You know what? I'll take that as a step towards it. <laughs> what? That's what you wanted. No, I would like a full admission that you said the wrong words and that you didn't. You shouldn't have said that it was. But a real I don't word. honestly believe that those were the wrong words. So why would I say that, Brandon? I can concede and say it's not that realistic. See, you can't you can't go the full way and say it's not realistic. It's so based in reality, though. So is Stuart Little. Stuart Little's a pretty no, realistic it's not. film. They've got like a I mean, fanciful w- house and a fanciful life. And there's fucking talking animals in it too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like it's. It's not based in reality, and then unrealistic things also happen. This is based in reality, but then the occasional unrealistic thing happens. It's a frugal movie. Frugal? Yeah, I'm going to burn this paper. Thank you, everybody, for watching um, your way to work and watching the roads and making sure you're paying attention while you're listening to this podcast, and thank you for listening. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah, you want to thank some people? Yeah, thank you to the Lounge Kittens. For the use of their song Dirty Deeds for our podcast. And thank you to Sarah Anastasia for our cover art. Um, And we've got links to both of those uh, beautiful artists slash artistic group Mm. people Mm -hmm. in the description of the podcast. So check them out. Also, thank you to anchor for hosting our podcast 
and spreading it to all sorts of platforms and, you know, being cool and stuff. Thanks, Anchor. Yes, and thank you to Harley Chu for being our bargainer. I just threw Donna's shoe off of her foot across the room. Sad. So now she is one shoed. That's for you, Harley Chu. Dang. That was for you. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening and for hopefully rating and reviewing our podcast. Do it. If you want to be the next bargainer, all you do have it. to do is... Is... Write a review on iTunes. Oh, I thought you were going to say do it again. Oh, do it. Do it. So go on iTunes and rate us, write a review, and we'll read your review out loud on the podcast. And thank you every ding dang week until somebody else leaves a review. Mm-hmm. Which we've had... Somebody was up there for a long time. It was Quentin. Yeah, Quentin was king. King bargainer for Many moons. Minute. Many moons. Many a moons. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Bargain Den. Every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. Central Standard Time to the United... 5 a.m. Local Time. It's 5 a.m. That's right. It's 5 a.m. Local Time. My bad. You're good. Oh, my bad. Are, Are you trying to be an example of what I should do in my life? No, I was being Chad from Saturday Night Live. Oh. Got you. Brandon just threw a plane into my boob. It's what the bargain zin's all about. Bah, 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 bah. Ah! <laughs> I threw the plane back in. That could have hit my eye. No, but it didn't. Could have hit my eye. But it didn't. I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. Pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. I'm going to try to hit the guitar behind you, and it's going to make a G chord, and it'll end us on a nice resounding note. I missed. <laughs> and the dun dirt cheap, dirty deeds and the dun dirt cheap.